is the Amadon Planet Podcast, episode 34. I am your host, Joel Amadon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Lo Alleman, artist and creative minister at the Woodlands United Methodist Church Harvest Campus. Better yet, he is a friend and former youth minister to my oldest son and an outstanding person to talk to for this podcast. This episode is another one in the Create series. So we started 2020. Wow, feels like a long time ago we started 2020, but we started with this word create as kind of a word of the year to guide uh, some of the series of podcasts that I, you know, kind of inserted throughout uh, the episodes that really tapped into the creative arts and thinking about how can we think about the creative arts, think about some of these creative endeavors, and how can we use some of those to figure out how to teach better? And I was doing a little bit of reflecting and thinking, like, what's create a really good word to pick for this year? And, and thinking about where 2020 is gone, I'm like, you know what? Probably, yeah. Because we've had to be very creative and thinking about how do we teach given this new normal, these unprecedented times, whichever, you know, uh, phrase you want to use that we've heard over and over again this year. And so, Lowe's a great person to talk to for this Create series because he's a creative guy. He's a spoken word poet. He's also an author. He just wrote a book called We Sang a Dirge, Poems, Laments, and Other Things That Matter to God. We're going to talk about that within the episode. And what's kind of exciting is we're going to give some of these books away. I'm ex- <laughs> so I'm excited to promote his book. I'm excited to share his book, and I'm excited to give it away through what I'm calling the Amazon Planet Birthday Giveaway Month. I don't know if that rings off the tongue or rolls off the tongue very well, but whatever. We're going to give some things away. Last year during my birthday month, which is October, that's when this uh, podcast is being released, is October 1st, 2020. But last year during my birthday month, I asked folks to purchase uh, some shirts, some of those Be The Good shirts. And you've probably seen them if you've been on my Instagram feed or Facebook, or you've probably seen these Be The Good shirts being promoted. And basically what it did was the purchase of those shirts uh, offset some of the production costs of the Amazon Planet podcast. And just, we've been so appreciative. I, well, I am, not we, I'm not using row. I am, I am very appreciative. I'm very humbled. I love seeing those shirts out there. I love, you know, scrolling on my Instagram feed or Facebook and seeing someone wearing one of those shirts, just doing, living life. Cause it's a good message. I know when I wear those shirts out, uh, people pause, they ask me about it. And, and you know what? I think that message of be the good and uh, believe uh, there is good in the world those are good messages to have. And so, again, thank you for that response last year. This year, we're going to, instead of asking you to purchase stuff, but you still can, by the way, you still can purchase stuff. Links are in the show notes. Links are on the bottom of AmazonPlanet.com to the Amazon Planet store if you are interested in one. But this year, instead of asking you to purchase something, we're asking you to get something. Can we ask you to get something? Yeah, yeah, we're asking you to get something. So... This year, we're giving away some stuff. We're going to start by giving away some pre-orders to Lowe's book. And the easy thing to do is, one, listen to the podcast, which you're already doing. Check. Two is let's get as many listens as possible because the more listens of this episode of the podcast that we get, the more of Lowe's books I'm going to hand out because, hey, people are excited about it. Three is join a platform. So I've got Instagram, Facebook, and an email list. So whichever one you feel comfortable with, if you like the Abaddon Planet, uh, or what would you do? You don't like it. You follow at Abaddon Planet on Instagram. That's one. You could like the Abaddon Planet Facebook page. That's two. Or you can join the Abaddon Planet email list, which gets you access to the Abaddon Planet download. But that's three. So to do that one, you go to AbaddonPlanet.com. There's many buttons on that front page to join the email list. If you join one of those platforms, we'll have either an email that goes out through the email list or posts that go out to those feeds that will tell you how you can be eligible for this giveaway. And again, as many, uh, if we get a lot of downloads of this, we're going to give out uh, a few of these uh, books, but at a minimum, one book will be given away per platform. So uh, I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to support Lowe's books. Uh, we're going to have links in the show notes if you just want to pre-order the book anyway. But we'll have some other things that are going to happen throughout the month associated with each episode. So excited for this. Excited for this birthday month. Excited to celebrate a little bit. Um, just, man, 34 episodes. And what a gift. I mean, I feel that's a gift to me that people are still listening after 34 episodes. So, so thankful. But you know what? Let's not delay anymore. I love this conversation with Lowe. Let's get into it right now. Here's my good friend, Lowe Alleman. Lowe Alleman, thank you so much for joining me on the Amazon Planet podcast. Uh, Come on. Oh yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Long time coming. 
the, the well, welcome to the planet. I don't know what that means, but yeah, <laughs> welcome to the planet. This is such a I, such a pleasure. I've been, you know, we we have a history. We'll go through that in a little bit, but I'm just uh, excited that we finally got a chance to connect and get you on the podcast. I had this idea for this uh, create podcast series, like where we're talking about. Uh, the creative arts and how do we tap into that on teaching better? Cause that's, that's the main thing on the planet. We're thinking about how to teach better and you are a teacher in multiple different ways. And so thank you for being here low. I appreciate you coming. Man, it's so good to be on here. I miss your beautiful face. It's awesome for those podcasts and you can't see it, but Joel's gorgeous. So <laughs> feel bad for y'all. Oh my goodness. That, that's a, that's a beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's beautiful to see your face too. Hey, could you just, uh, for those that don't know you, uh, I mean, that's a shame if they don't know you, but if, for those that don't, could you give yourself a little bit of introduction, give them some space to figure yeah. out who, who you, who is low? Absolutely. So I am, um, an artist, a creative and a minister, uh, the gospel of Jesus. I, I'm in Houston, Texas now, kind of a suburb of Houston, the Woodlands. Um, I'm at a church out here, um, but I'm from Mississippi, grew up in Columbia, spent a few years in Oxford, um, and just trying to figure out what calling looks like. You know, I, I had this idea that accepting a call to ministry looked like I was going to do one thing the rest of my life, and that's just not how I'm wired. Um, thankfully, God gives me opportunities to do a bunch of different things. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I turned myself as a creative and a minister more than a pastor because um, that, that job title seems a lot more rigid than what I think I actually do. Well, that, I mean, then when I end the podcast, uh, I say like this world, uh, I say this world is a better place because you've decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. And I think, I think of you, like, I think of how like God has like put you together and how you're wired up and they figure like, I'm going to use these things and you know, how that supports me and my family and all that stuff. It's, it's all going to come. It's all going to come, but yeah, like, man. just seeing how you are rocking it. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Come on, fam. Appreciate that, bro. And you forgot another thing that we have uh, in common is we are both Packer fans. It's, uh, we are. Well, let, let's, let's clarify that. We are, we are Packer fans, but my lead tends to lie much more with people. So my Packerdom comes from, uh, loving Brett Favre. I grew up not too far away from Brett Favre's house in Hattiesburg. That's right. Uh, and wave, just, wave at him while he's mowing the lawn. It's great. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> he, doesn't mow, he doesn't mow his own lawn. <laughs> um, I think he does, yeah, actually. I, I, I think he enjoys it. I really do. But anyway, that's not beside the point. <laughs> it's a lot of lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I assume so. Yeah, man. But yeah, I don't think he had a Jets jersey. Come on now. I did not have a Jets jersey. There you go. I did oh. watch the games. I did watch there, the games. There you go. So, um, you know, and another thing, you know, thinking about all the, the different experiences that you've had uh, within your teaching, I know you've done here in Oxford, I know that you were a youth minister for my kid and like that was a big impact on his life and, and also seeing some of your spoken word ministry, like, how do you think of yourself as a teacher through those different things? Yeah, man, I think so for me. I've been kind of leaning heavily into this idea of, you know, I don't, I'm not in the business of giving information. I think if someone wants information, uh, it's that we're in the digital age, you can access information pretty easily. Uh, I feel like my job as a, as a communicator, um, is to take information and make it relevant, um, make it practical, make it useful in a way, um, that it seems like it has skin on it. So whether it's preaching or poetry and poetry is a really fun thing because it kind of puts more emotion and imagination as opposed to just information. Um, to kind of get deeper into what it means for us to be human. We don't just learn by reading books alone. We learn through experience. We learn through moments. And so I think my job as a communicator is to create moments that are lasting, um, that are impressions for people. I think all the time of like images and, you know, like if, I, if I hear like the Disney theme song come on, which is actually Pinocchio, which I did not know until like this year. Um, <laughs> but when I hear that, like it takes me back to a place, right? So that information triggers a memory and an emotion and a feel, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And so that's what I want to do. I want to help use language, use dialogue, and even use art to bring people to not just information, but to emotion and imagination. It gives me to think like, uh, you know, part of like when we talk about in teaching, like my beginning teachers, they're juniors, they're getting into this like educational psychology sort of stuff. And we talk mm. about, um, you know, like I've made sense of the world, but then I get a shove. I get a shove, whether it's a, you know, a weird math problem or it's a reading or something. And I think, you know, some of the times when I would hear you teach or hear you teach and preach or a, a poem that you give, and it's like, yeah, you're not 
I, the information I have, but the, the way you put it together, the insight you give is like a shove and it's like, Oh, and now I've got to make sense of the world again. Right. I got to like, mm. oh, given this new way of interpreting this information, how do I make sense? And so you got, yeah. like, you definitely have a gift in doing that. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that with the world. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. So in thinking about teaching and thinking about, you know, the different modes that you do that in order to, you know, give folks those sorts of moments, what are some learnings you've had in either your ministry positions or preaching, doing poetry, whatever you want to point to? What are some learnings that you've had? Man, one thing I've learned is that my job is as much as it is to be true and faithful to content, it's also to be true and faithful to connection. Um, I have to be really aware of, because when I speak, I speak a different kind of thing, whether it's youth camps or a church setting or even a secular setting where it's like much more of an art scene. Mm -hmm. And so as much time as I want to spend on knowing my content, I really want to know who I'm speaking to um, and, and to be just as faithful in serving the, con the, the, the connection piece as opposed to just focusing on what I'm teaching. Uh, early on, I used to just focus a lot on content. Like I want to make sure I say it like I want to say it and present it like I want to present it as opposed to saying it like they need to hear it and presenting it like they would understand it. Mm. And so, yeah, man, learning, learning that connection piece has been huge for me as a communicator, as a minister. Um, and then on the flip side, I think another thing I've learned is like the pay for what I do is relationship, right? So uh, if I just speak really well, and this is kind of like Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, where he's like, if I you know, have this beautiful sound, but I don't have love, I really, I've just kind of been noisy. I haven't yeah. really done anything effective. And so for me, I, I want to make sure that I'm not leaving all the answers on the table. I want to leave some space for us to have a conversation afterwards. You know, um, a lot of things I'm, I'm trying to get into now is like creating platforms for ongoing conversations. So after I preach or after I do a poem, to say, hey, come join me on this platform so we can talk about it. You know, don't don't just assume that I got it all right. And maybe I hit <laughs> you in the way we want to talk about more. Let's talk about that. So wanting to point folks back to a place where we can connect further um, is just huge particularly as I'm trying to communicate the gospel um, and Jesus is hard for people. Oh yeah. I mean, like think of it, you just, you just gave them a shove and like they're teetering and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And like, you know, Hey, here's this Avenue to like come in and talk and make sense of what we just did. And like, Ooh, it's probably like this relief valve. Like, Oh, I, now I have someplace like to take these emotions, these feelings, these like confusion, even maybe sometimes where like, you know, to now see like, to, to have somebody to talk and sort it out. And I think that's a lot of things, yeah. you know, reading books or whatever, and people are, you know, maybe doing that in isolation right now. And like, they're having mm. all these ideas and things, but how do they make sense of it? And like offering a platform, that's awesome. Yeah. I stole the idea mostly from, uh, from Bob Goff. He, he wrote <laughs> yeah. this book and he put his number on, yeah, the, yeah. on this book. And he was like, hey, if you feel a way, call me, let's talk about it. And, and I, right. I think just get, giving that access to people I think does more of the job um, than just the, than just the moment or just the, the, the presentation, because I think you had an amazing book. Love does is an awesome book. Um, but then to also offer yourself and give access to yourself. I think he had like a burner phone. It's not his actual phone, um, but still like giving people access to him afterwards. is just really cool. Oh yeah. That was like a, I think episode two of this podcast we did uh, love does. And yeah. uh and yeah, that, that phone number in the back and like, I don't know if he, I've gone to see him talk and like, you know, his phone's ringing during the talk and it's like, you yeah. know, every now and then you'll answer it. And it's like being totally present with folks and, and offering those connections. That's like, mm. man, things we need right now. Right. Like just being able, and, and I always tell folks on this uh, podcast, like this is actually one of the big excuses for the podcast is to have these, you know, it's an excuse to have a conversation with loads, right? To be, hey, come on, get them on the I line. Let's go. I love it. So that was two. You got another one? You got any other learnings? I do. The last thing I'm learning right now for me is that the the teaching journey um, is not just for the people who are listening. It's it, it grows me too. Mm. And so to to always like that's not be afraid to go back to old material or to reread a story and to remind myself like, hey, I'm a learner. Um, just as much as I am a teacher. Um, and I, I, I've been getting a lot of encouragement from like the original language for what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Like the, the word, uh, it, it means to be a learner. Like a disciple of Jesus was really a learner of Jesus. And what I love about that is it means I don't have to have that weird pressure of I've arrived or I have mm -hmm. it all figured out. But just as much as I'm sharing with my people, um, whether it's an audience or friends or whatever it looks like, um, I'm also trying to submit myself and come at it pretty humbly. Um, to remind myself, like, hey, dude, you, 
you're, you're growing too. And so yeah. inviting myself yeah. to be a part of the journey has been a huge help just in my ability to share, but also my ability to grow. So what's an example of like, what's something like, you know, some, maybe some material that you had before that you use, and then you came back to it and you're like, Oh, I, I see this a little differently. You have an example of that? I do, man. So I wrote a poem. Um, maybe I, I want to say I wrote it when I was in Oxford, uh, about 2014 or 15. And I believed in it. I loved it. I shared it. And I, and I still hold some many convictions to that poem. Um, but a couple of days ago, a couple weeks ago, I was asked to share a poem and I was like, oh, this poem fits perfectly. And so I, I read the poem and I'm like, wow, a lot of the things I said in this poem, though I do still feel, um, they aren't true for my life anymore. And so I had a chance to like rework a poem. So the poem was about like me having a son, I have a daughter. Uh, the poem was about <laughs> what I expected parenthood to look like. And it's like, my parenting looks nothing like that. I think that's still the ideal. Um, but to just become a little bit more honest with, hey, this is what it actually looks like to live out my story right now in light of some content I wrote before. Yeah. I think what it helped me do is to like kind of come to grips with who I've become. Um, not in a bad way, but just to be honest about it and be like, wow. A lot of things you assume were going to be true about your parenting and assume were going to be true about your lifestyle just aren't true anymore. And mm-hmm. seeing how God was kind of gracious in that moment to be like, yeah, uh, this doesn't go how, how, how you plan. Um, but my plan's still pretty perfect for your life. Uh, it was encouraging. Yeah, that's good. I, so, that, I mean, that, that gets me thinking about like uh, something I heard you teach when, well, one, I have some learnings I have from you that I wanted to pop in. But like one of them was about that, that connection piece that you initially started with, with one of your learnings, like putting connection at the center of teaching. And like, I remember, mm. the, I don't know if you remember, the first time I dropped off Noah for youth group and I, you know, I was, was going to drop him off and like, I was going to go, I got my laptop, I'm going to go do some work, you know, like, hey, like I got an hour and I'll come back and like maybe get a cup of coffee or something like that. And, yeah. and you just said, you just said two words like, are you staying? And it was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go. And then like I left and I'm like wait a second, like, and, and just it like that, those two words that were just like, you know, like what, why mm. wouldn't you stay? Like, why wouldn't you be a part of this? Why wouldn't you, you know, like yeah. you're, and it's almost like, and I know you maybe we're saying that, but like, it got me to think like it was a shove, right? It was a shove. It was like, Hey, you know what? This, this kid that who is now, you know, taller than me and all this stuff, he's crazy. <laughs> the crazy. fact that he's only going to be here this long, like you really need to go do that you know, crush your email for 30 minutes when mm-hmm. you can stay here and be, and be a part of this. And I remember too, and this is the thing I stayed and like, you were given some teaching on um, like the creation of the world and talking about how God made the world. He made it good. Right. And so like, I have my yeah. shirt, I'd be the good shirt. And come this, on. And like, this was like, fr- and I think about that whenever I put this shirt on, cause you're like, you know, the world has been made and it is good. It's not perfect. Right. And, and like, it, and cause God said like, we can be actors in this. We can be the good, right? We can believe there's yes. good in the world, but we can also be the good and make mm. it. And so like, I would have missed that without, you know, you're like, Hey, you can stick around. And like, I came back mm-hmm. and like able to, you know, learn alongside him and like have conversations about that sort of stuff. And like, so that it was like, not just the, the content, like I could have got that con- like, you know, I've, I've read that passage before, but it was like in the context with connections the relationships mm. in order for us to do something together and so i know like i put that on you as like you know giving me that shove give me that shove that i need in that moment and really embracing those hey there's not gonna be that many of these left like until you know that's so gone, real man right? that's so and, and i think what what i'm learning just as a parent because uh, I, I don't think of myself as a teacher with my daughter you know like i'm i'm her dad yeah. But inevitably, like she learned so much from us, both intentionally and unintentionally. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, the other day <laughs> I was I was changing a diaper. It was about like three months ago. And it was a really massive, uncomfortable poop. Did not yeah, love yeah. that moment. Uh, and I was like, oh Jesus. From that day on, she has not stopped saying Jesus' name. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's how she learned. That's how she learned the name of our Savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that wasn't a moment where I was like, hey, let's like 
sit down and, you know, we, we have like some, we, we teach her sign language and our ABCs and yeah. everything like that. And so she grabs it really quickly, but that wasn't a teaching moment. It was a, let's just be present with each other moment. And so when, when a, when we, when a parent drops their kid off to youth group, the idea is, oh, you're going to go to your learning space. Now I'm going to go to my adult space now as if those spaces can't coexist. Right. Um, as if a different kind of learning doesn't happen when we're just present with our kids. So it's super dope at your state. Uh, also to shout out Joel, Joel, one of the main parents that stuck around, and became like a volunteer without being asked to. I don't know if I ever asked formally, but you're awesome. Yeah, you, you, you get me without <laughs> just why well, I suppose we should put them to use. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, but I mean, seeing so the last podcast, two podcasts ago, um, we talked about like what's the center. Like it was about technology. It's like the TechWise family. But basically, one of the big learnings I had in there was like, what's the center? of your home, right? What's the center mm-hmm. of your teaching? What's the center if like, and like talking about if the center is relationships, right? Yeah. And so even with all the technology that we're using and all the different things that's out there, like if the center is our relationships, either it's familial or classroom or minister, like these relationships are at the center, like there, that's where the good stuff is going to happen. And yeah, those are tools that can help facilitate the other, you know, there's tools out there that can facilitate those connections. But yeah, I mean, what is at the center of your relationship? And I, I think, I mean, I see that in the, in the stuff that you're doing is like, you know, trying to connect people to these, I, these relationships out there, whether it's within their family, within their community, within their church. And I think it's, I don't know, I'm a big fan, Low. I'm a big fan, Low fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> so when we reflect back, you know, when you reflect back on like, cause you've been, I mean, you've been doing this for, I mean, you're getting up there now, Low. Like you've been doing this I'm for old, a while. Fam. I'm yeah. old, old. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. Thinking about how long you've been doing this work, and thinking about okay, if I would, if I'm take my brain from now and able to rewind a little bit, is there things that you would have done differently uh, in your teaching from the from the get go? Absolutely. I I think I didn't. I felt as a as a younger person, um, and kind of that whole like you know first Timothy four or whatever, like Paul's encouraging like don't let people look down on you on your, on your youth. I interpreted that as I have to make sure that I show up to be like the most knowledgeable about any topic that I speak about. So when I, when I spoke about something, I wanted to make sure that I, again, I knew that content so well. And I like to study, I like the Bible, I like poetry and art. So it wasn't hard to, to kind of be proficient, I guess, in that. Um, but I don't think I really took advantage of the connecting piece. And so probably the last three or four years, um, really it was kind of like going out of the door from, from the orchard where I, I, I recognized that, man, these kids only listen to me after we hang out, you know, like, and, and, and I, I realized that it's not, that, it's not that they don't care about the content. I think there are several kids that legit were hungry to want to learn and stuff, but they, they really didn't care about me sharing it with them until like we actually did some time hanging out and building that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I would have prioritized my time to be a little less in my, uh, in my head about how am I going to be perceived as a communicator versus uh, letting these kids get to know who I am. Um, so when I came out to Texas, a lot of my ministry looked a lot more like, you know, inviting kids over to the house as opposed to us meeting in a third space and yeah. not that third spaces are bad. Um, but there's, again, it's like that, that presence just does something a little different. I'm a different kind of dude at home uh, than I am on the basketball court. Cause on the basketball court, I'm coming for your throat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like uh, having that space to hang out. I think I would have prioritized that more. Um, even like when I do camps, it, it's, it's weird. Cause when I do camps, I do this. When I go to the camps, I'm speaking, I got a conference. I'm naturally in the hallway. Um, I'm naturally, you know, uh, where the kids are fishing or I'm actually where we're playing basketball. Cause I, I know that relationship is a priority and I only mm-hmm. have a week to build that. And yeah. so I prioritize, you know, spending that, that relational time so that when I'm on the stage, they're listening. Um, I didn't do that as much with just the, the place I was like vocationally um, or like my main job. I didn't realize, Oh, this is the same thing. I need to be as intentional about being relational here as I am in that week long camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it, I mean, it's, that establishing of uh, they won't care what you know until they know that you care, right? And like building those, which is cliche but true. It's so true. I like I'm trying to get uh, um, my clinical instructor. So when I was a student teacher, my uh, clinical instructor Joe Die, he hammered that in from me from the beget from the get go, and we're trying to get him on the podcast so he can share some of his golden nuggets because like they're still sitting yeah. there like 20 years later. But like that, I mean, 
and so it's like saying that and then it's like are you doing it right and so because there's it's cliche sometimes or hypo, uh, hypocritical when people are saying that and then like okay as soon as the bell rings they're out the door as soon as the ministry they're out the door like they don't have those third space or those other spaces that you're saying like after put like hey how do we communicate and make sense of this stuff like right. i mean that's like that's here. i'm demonstrating it you know well i think it's 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 learning to see this is not a like that connection is not helping your 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 teaching uh connection is a part of your teaching like it's, mm-hmm. it's a part of how you present you know what i mean right and so i it, it took me a while to realize that like i am actually doing the work by connecting like, yeah. like connecting is a part of the work it's not just helping the work it's part of the work right yeah because the things that you i mean within those relationships you're also showing the things that you're teaching as well right you know Absolutely. awesome um so what's the what's the best thing you do in your teaching or, or have you witnessed in your teaching? I don't know. However you want to take that question. So this is going to sound really cheesy or whatever, but like I, I legit love to see somebody do something better than me. Um, and there are moments where I have a chance to kind of look back and, you know, see some of the kids who I've hung out with or even young, young adults. Cause I was doing college ministry for a little while and man, to see them step into teaching roles is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it's almost like, I mean, it's, it's a little cheesy, but when we think about ourselves as ministers, we're told to work ourselves out of a job. Like we want to, you know, do this thing well, invite people in. And my perspective was always like, okay, I invite volunteers to do the job. I never thought invite the kids to actually do the teaching or invite uh, the folks you're ministering to, to do ministry. And man, I, I, I've, I've, I've had my most um, prideful slash just like humbling moments <laughs> When I see a kid like teaching and they teach like I teach, which is really, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, I do that? Why did I do that? <laughs> okay. um, so there's a kid named Andres. Um, Andres Flores actually just um, was in his wedding three weeks ago, which is really crazy. Uh, I met Andres when he was 16, 17 years old and uh, been a part of his life for a little while. He, uh, he was a senior when I came into uh, the student ministry I was a part of. And then he was a college student while I was doing college ministry out in San Antonio. Great kid. And he just got married. He's like a young man now. It's like, holy cow, the time was really <laughs> fast. Um, but I, I, I've invited him. You know, he was an intern for me in my college ministry. I, I mean, I've invited him to come and like with me to speaking events. And he had a chance to teach during uh, his internship. And he stood like me. Like, like, it was so weird. He <laughs> held his hand like I hold my hands. I'm like, that is weird. Yeah. Um, and it made me kind of feel a little self-conscious. But he did an amazing <laughs> job. Did an amazing job. I thought I, I saw the way that he taught was significantly better than I taught when I was his age. Um, now obviously there's still some places he can grow. Um, and he speaks really fast, which I, I was like, hey, dude, I know I, I, I'm the same way. Um, yeah, yeah. Slow yeah. down. Um, but man, it, it's it is probably the greatest gift to watch the people that you're teaching. Not just do what you're teaching them how to do, but also teach like you're teaching. Like that's it's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like legacy time. Right. So like if, Mm. you know, you're, I mean, yeah. And you're, you've moved away from there. Right. And so like, but your ministry still exists there. Your teaching still exists, your impact. And I mean, I think that's where we think of, uh, you know, teachers and things when, when I, you know, one of the tests I'll give for a teacher, like if, if you're not there, like, let's say you're sick, you know, like in our current time, like, right, you might have to quarantine or something like that. You have to remove yourself from the classroom. Does it still operate without you? Right. Mm-hmm. Does your impact wow. still exist within that classroom? Or, you know, and the think about that, the impact that you have on Andreas, that he's, that it's, that teaching is there so much so he's embodying it, you know, like, and now he's even taking it to the next level. And like, what, yeah. what, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. He, what's interesting about him too, not to go off on a tangent, but he's actually doing student ministry now. He's like a, you know, it, it, it's, he's finishing school and everything, but it's, it's funny. He does not have the same kind of build that I do. Like I am much more, um, I kind of love hanging out. It's my thing. Yeah. Um, and I love, you know, the kind of artsy scene and everything like that. And that's not necessarily who he is. And yeah. so he's not copying like me as a person, yeah. but he is copying what he's learned from me. He's copying how I, like, the methodology of how I teach and everything. And so I, I love seeing him become his own version of a teacher. He's not, not copying me, but like yeah, he's yeah. using building upon what I've done 
to make it make sense for his own discipleship and his own walk with Jesus and his own ministry, which is, it's just really encouraging. That's awesome. And I mean, my, uh, I had similar sorts of ideas when I, like when I'm teaching teachers, I think the best way to teach teachers is to let them teach. So similar to what, you know, I finally figured that out. It's you figured it out much sooner than I did. It took me a lot longer is to figure out like, Hey, let's, <laughs> let's get them up up front and like, let them see. And then I can be a coaching role or whatever like that. And that's going to, you know, that's going to take all of our games to the next level. But thinking, yeah. but thinking like that is like something that if we're doing less, if we're and uh, one of my students sent me this article about the self-obliterating professor, which is a really fancy way to say like, do less, right? <laughs> so <laughs> if you do less, so your students can do more or whoever you're teaching can do more. Yeah. Well, now that that allows you to do more. And like there's again, it's, it's elevating. It's, you know, whatever metaphor we want to use, like we're lifting the tide we're whatever all the boats are rising. I don't know. Like also it changes a bit of the culture. So like right now I'm actually doing like a small group ministry and our small groups are in homes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we call it a home group ministry. And what I do with my leaders is I ask them, okay, tell me all the things that you do. And they list them. They're like, okay, well I send out all the emails and I, you know, prepare the lesson and I make sure everybody is on the same page. And I I get all the prayer requests written down. It's like, okay, that's a lot. And, And I'm asking, okay, now what do your people do? And they're like, well, they just come and they just show up. (laughs) <laughs> and so here's the issue. The issue they're finding is that if they don't show up, if they're not coming that night, they may send the text. They never call. Um, they just, and, and they feel like I could not be here. Like I'm just a consumer. If I don't show up, things will still roll the way it's supposed to roll. And I don't feel like my presence is necessary. And so what I've tried to teach my leaders how to do is I want you to do one thing and one thing only. And that one thing is I want you to shepherd this group. I want you to communicate with me and make sure that they're following along with vision. But all those roles that you did, you don't do those anymore. Like you're done with those. And so we, we, we put names to everything they did. I was like, okay, this is, this is all the email role and getting all the notes together. That's the scribe. You can't be the scribe. Pick someone so to be the scribe. Yeah. All, all, all the roles of, you know, uh, getting the prayer request and sending the prayer request out. Like that's, that's the prayer leader. That's not your job. That's this person's job. And so they're, they're parsing all their responsibilities out. And the idea is when their people show up, they show up as citizens, not consumers. They show up as a person that has to be there elsewise. Our culture and our community doesn't exist. So your, your, your absence is felt when you don't show. You have a job to do. And I think that creates a different kind of dynamic in our space to where they're no longer looking at themselves as, I have to make sure this community happens. I'm a part, I, I now lead in the community, but I'm not the in-all, be-all result of the community, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. That's, I, I mean, so if, if you know, like if it's the way it was before, if you don't show up, the whole group falls apart and like, and, yeah. you know but if somebody else doesn't show up like it's not noticed and now it's 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 like it's well it's like the world is right it's this interconnected web of you know yeah, yeah. you will be missed that they're here you will have to pick something up but you know another thing too in that is some people think like i don't enjoy this but i'm going to do it for the good of the group versus somebody's like that's my jam you give it to me mm-hmm. ah, come on i love sending that email i love taking notes <laughs> and it's like and it's like really and it's like you get to see the different gifts that people have and things and it's like yeah. Yeah, just let them let let the chef cook, man. Give him give him that email. Let the chef cook. He, just wants, he just wants to do it. Just oh, oh man, man, just I'm loves, taking right. that thing. Let the chef cook. Come That's on. right. Because I mean, so you'd like this, you know, my daughter Annie, and um, mm-hmm. you know, like trying, you know, yeah, chores, and you know, we're we're around the house all the time, and we're messing up the house a little bit, and so trying to find some things like do this and do that, like something she like doesn't get into, but like this past weekend, I'm like, I'm gonna. I'm going to clean out the garage. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I use the keyword, I'm going to reorganize the garage. She's like, can I help? Cause I found like, if there's something about like reorganizing a drawer or something like that, where she could take Mm. things out, sort them out and like put them back in and like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I found it like that's, she loves doing it. I'm like, our Mm. garage has never looked better. It's so good. But like it was (laughs) tapping into her gift and cause she just wanted to do it, you know? So it's beautiful. So you, you know, this Erica just finished her master's, um, in health education. And one of the classes she was taking was like education theories, like different Mm -hmm. types of learning. I'm going to say all the names wrong, but like something regio learning and, uh, what's the other one? Um, like the little schools are like PJ, PJ. Yes. Those stuff, swear. <laughs> <laughs> so the school that we sent our daughter to is one of these fancy ones where they don't um, they don't tell the kid that they have to play with the thing. They mm-hmm. kind of let them play with what they want to play with. Yeah, yeah. And 
They don't make them play together. They like they let them play alongside each other. And it's literally their, their job is to not make the kid do a thing. It's to watch what the kid just does. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and how, how she's naturally wired and what she naturally draws towards. It's like, oh, that's how she's that's how she's built. And so she's going to do like, let's find a way to, to structure her to do all these other things through what she already loves to do. And I think it's the same concept, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want you to clean the garage or reorganize the garage because you yeah, like yeah. that. That's, that's, that's right. That's how you get yeah, that. Yeah. But clean the garage. Like, no, no, no. Reorganize. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's right. Life. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, Katie's doing, uh, my wife doing, for the listeners, that is doing early childhood stuff. And she's working at our uh, local preschool at the university. And like, that's sort of similar, like the whole play and like encouraging play. And like, I, you know, and like, we're going to make another connection back to you. Like where I've seen you, you know, we, there's some legendary games that I've seen you facilitate uh, with uh, some of the youth stuff. And yeah, it's man. like, you know, part of the thing is like, how do we get kids to do things together in order to make connections, know each other's names and things like that? Well, give them to play a game or get them, you know, like in those sorts of like, Hey, this is, I want you to make connections. I want you to know each other's name. I want you to build relationships and like, yeah. okay, let's tap into this thing that you already want to do this competitive nature. Now. All right. Now we've got something here. Yes. And so like, those sorts of things where it's not like, Hey, you're going to do this versus mm-hmm. oh, you're already doing this. I'm just going to guide you a little bit and help you help facilitate the process of what it, I'm trying to get accomplished. So this may get into some of you're going to get to later, but like uh, another part of like things I'm learning is there is, there's such an emphasis on, at least for me, it was like, make sure these kids connect to me so that I can give them good content. And they listen to me, whatever. Um, but to build that community of learning, like, yeah. Helping them connect to each other is also just as key. And so like we've done this in several youth group settings to where my whole thinking about games is I don't just want to play a game to see you like me more. I want to make sure that you are, because if you come to a youth group and I'm not there, I mean, then what's, what's the youth group? Yeah, I need yeah. you to have a friend. And so I'll intend to play games where we have to be on teams or you have to get to know somebody or you have to like work with somebody to, to, to build something together. And I like putting games and things with, with youth space, but again, how I want to make sure I'm connecting and making sure that the content lands with people is most of my 40 and up crowd typically don't think they'll enjoy a game. They end up will probably will, but yeah, they don't yeah. think they will. And so, but the same goal is there. How do I get these people who are in seats uh, or facing one direction and they're only here to listen to me talk? How do I get them to connect with each other? And that's where the home group thing has been so huge is learning to value I spend almost more time with my home group curriculum and training my leaders than I do preparing sermons. Um, not that sermons aren't important, but I know that they're going to go a lot further if I put them in communities together mm-hmm. as opposed to just hearing me. Uh, George Whitfield was giving commentary about John Wesley way back in the way back. And he was saying like, you know, on his deathbed, he was like, well, what do you think about John Wesley and how, you know, uh, how, how, how he ministered? Because they had very opposing views in theology. And Whitfield was like, well, I think that he, uh, that Wesley's ministry is going to outlast mine because he had the wisdom and the foreknowledge to put his people in bands. And mm. bands was basically what we think of as small groups. Yeah, yeah. Whitfield just preached. Wesley put his people in relationship with each other. Yeah. And at, at the end of Whitfield's life, he was like, that's where I missed it. I, not that my theology was wrong, but I missed it by not putting my people in community. Nice. That's, I mean... And what a what a testament to that at the end of his life he was able to see that right you know too that yes. he was able to reflect back and make sure that that's captured and shared you know um yeah. so i'm amazed again by your skills as uh, a poet and some of the things that you've put out there that you've you shared with our uh, community and just shared out right and even uh, shared at your wedding that was a, a beautiful moment too uh that went viral a little bit uh but like yeah, so, in the building though What's that? But y'all were in the building. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was live. <laughs> Yo, like, so, some folks saw it on the on the on the computer. You were there. That's right. Yeah, I wish I could have been like, hey, but no, that that spoiled the moment. <laughs> but, but so I mean, thinking about like how you express yourself with point, like one, I see there's this idea of the balance between the technical, right? There is a technical side to writing yeah. these poems, and I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. But then also with the creative, right? And so wondered like, how you do that? How do you balance those two and thinking like, I'm trying to express myself, I've got some ideas like creatively, but then also I need to make sure that this actually is like a poem. So I don't know, like, what, what is the exchange there? What's the tug of war that's going on there? Yeah, so I don't, I don't have a tug of war necessarily. Uh, I have a direction. And so my, my creativity or my heart is kind of, it, it bends towards a way. 
And I know I want to communicate this thing. So we'll use the wedding poem as an example. Yeah. Um, Erica comes to me about four, five months before the wedding. She's like, hey, I want you to write a poem um, about, uh, you know, us. And I want you to say at the wedding. Uh-huh. The initial idea, I did not know she wanted me to say it while she was walking down the aisle. I uh-huh. thought she wanted to like the poem in vowels form. I'm like, oh, for sure. I got that. <laughs> um, but then that ended up not being what she was envisioning. And so it's her day. So we do um, and so, yeah, I, I have a direction. Like I, I know how I feel about my wife to be, and I know my heart towards her. And so the creativity says, well, I feel this, these things, the technical piece is like, okay, well, it's almost like if I know I'm standing here and I'm trying to get over there, all these little technical things, the metaphors, the similes, uh, the, uh, a lot of things I use in my, my poetry is, uh, repetition and cadence. And I like to write, um, using a particular kind of syllable count to make sure that it has a good rhythm to it. Like, all that is tools to get me where I'm trying to go. Creativity is where I want to be. Uh, the tools are helping me get there, you know? And so uh, that poem in particular, there was a, an extended metaphor, if you will, uh, about song. And so the poem starts off with like, you know, it's almost like a call to worship, gather around one and all. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're kind of getting together for this, like this worshipful moment. And I, I intentionally place little like, almost like breadcrumbs to my theme throughout the poem. So I'll use, I use the word genre. I use um, the word orchestra. I use a uh, different kind of like instruments. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm clearly talking about music and the, and the extended metaphor. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, this is a whole thing about, you know, music. It's, it, we're going here. We're talking about his love for this woman. The music is just a metaphor for it. Uh, the poem actually ends with us saying, we'll sing this song forever. Every song will be ours forever. And so it's like, I start here, I end here. I use all these different tools to get us to this point, whether it's the cadence, whether it's the metaphors I use in between there. Um, I also want to place theology in that. And so for me, mm-hmm. theology is a part of like, okay, I know I'm going here. What tools do I have? And so I'll borrow different scenes of scripture. I even use like different verses of scripture in the poem to make sure, but I'm, I'm continuing to weave that thread. So it's, it's one direction. Creativity is a direction. It's just, these are tools to help me get where I'm trying to go. That's awesome. I, so, I, you know, I, I'm thinking about the beautiful scene of your wedding and you saying that and, and the, I mean, just the, the amazingness. But at the same time, I'm also thinking now of my connection to math. <laughs> <laughs> make it make sense. That's right. But like, I mean, like the, what you're saying, I mean, like, so I want, I want my, my currently, my current students, my pre-service teachers who are seeing mathematics and some of them have this history, this relationship with mathematics is a little stormy and everything, but I want, and, but they're also very creative individuals. They're, they're, you know, they, they want to care and love for their kids. And I want them to see like caring and loving for their kids is the direction, right? And like getting them to do like problems with their kids and letting them the kids express themselves through the different ways that they're going to solve these problems and that you're showing them the tools, right. In order to do that within their classroom, like here's how you can best care for your students that that's out there. And like, like that that kind of, I mean, you put it in a much better way, but like thinking about like that thing is out there, that goal of, you know, creativity or that goal for care and love for your students is like out there. And like, what are the tools I'm trying to give them in order to, accomplish that and like that's uh i mean i'm gonna have to we're gonna post a link to that video just because i now i gotta rewatch it again (laughs) and look look for the breadcrumbs and things like that because i mean it's fascinating to i mean because i i you know i've seen a number of your poems and i've seen you do some live and i've seen them on videos too and like just i don't know it's 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 like part of the mystery of seeing how it happens but seeing you break it down a little bit like that that's that's awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to rewatch them now. <laughs> well, so there's, there's a, there's a guy. He's actually the, the main pastor at the orchard in Tupelo. Now he was a teaching pastor. So when I was an intern at the orchard, um, the main campus, he was like my discipler guy. Um, solid. His name's Will Rambo. Super oh, yeah. guy. We love Rambo. Uh, oh man. Love Rambo. And he was the first person that kind of introduced this concept to me of not teaching um, with points. And cause it, I, I grew up, you have like a three point sermon or a five point sermon. There it's like, go. I'm talking about this and I get to this and I get to this and this makes my overall point. And he introduced this concept to me that I actually ended up putting in my poetry, which is I don't make points. I make movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's his whole thing. And when he writes his sermons out, we did sermon prep stuff on Tuesday mornings at cafe 212. And, uh, man, I missed that dude, but we would get together and he would, he would show me, this is how I'm writing my sermon out. I'm starting here. I'm getting to here. And he was like, all my, 
in, in between is I'm trying to move to this point. I'm not trying to make a bunch of points. I'm making one point and I'm just moving to it. And so his scripture use or his, you know, um, his uh, you know, hermeneutic or his, the way he's exegeting the text, it's all to get to this point. Because at the end of the day, I don't just want my people to know this about the Bible. I want them to know how this Bible is pushing them in a direction. Uh, same thing with like, with, with, with me and Erica, like I'm, this poem is not going to be a list of points about how much I like it. I think it's going to be really boring. I, I have one thing to say, and I'm going to use all these different things to move towards that, 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 that statement. And so, yeah, movements versus points, I think is really cool. Take that same concept to your teachers. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, at the end of the, the end of a semester, we have to have learned these things. But these are all movements, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm moving us in the direction of having a, a robust understanding of a concept. But overall, I'm also trying to become a light and a salt to help move you towards the direction in life to tell you, hey, you, you can do this. Um, you have aptitude for learning. Um, you are not only a learner, but you, you can teach as well. Like I want to put you in a relationship where you can also share things. I want to move you forward in direction. So yeah, I, I think there's, I would not have thought to connect it to math, but um, I think you're artsy <laughs> and you're creative. I'm trying, I'm trying, man. But yeah, the idea of movements and like, you know, I think of, like, it's almost like I think about what are the major movements I want to have in a semester, right? And mm -hmm. like thinking about like their own perspective on math and like thinking about their students' perspective and who do they see as a doer of mathematics and how that, mm -hmm. you know, that might have been something that before that they need to shift and think about like that a doer of mathematics can look like a bunch of different ways, doing a bunch of different things. And so, yeah, those, yeah. those movements, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that one. Um, <laughs> but hey, I, I appreciate all the time that you uh, you gave to uh, sharing uh, sharing some of your work and sharing some of your insight and expertise. This is a this is outstanding. Uh, well, I, I'm curious though. Do you have anything to to share with uh, with uh, the audience about anything to promote? Anything they got cooking? Yeah, man. So it's been a crazy year um, with all what? kinds. Of... Are you serious? <laughs> no, man. It's, it's been some things happening. I don't know what it's like for y'all in Oxford. But, uh, been a crazy year man a lot of a lot of the tension i feel as you know an artist and as a creative and as a black dude is i think that at any given time any one particular person can handle about two-thirds of who i am like my christian artist side maybe that's yeah, my yeah. black side or my black uh -huh. artist side i don't really care for my christian side and so there's a project that i've been working on that i think i get to finally incorporate all of me in it and awesome. uh, yeah man I just wrote a book about it's called We Sang a Dirge, and it's borrowing from Jesus' teaching in Matthew 11, where he's comparing the generation. He's like, it's like, you know, there's a community of people who are crying out, and uh, they're singing happy songs, and no one's dancing. They're singing sad songs, and no one's mourning. And he, he likens the kingdom to the church when the church knows how to dance, when it's time to dance, and mourn when it's time to mourn. And so a lot of, I think, the outcries of Know, the black community and the black church about social injustice and police brutality or just weird inequalities and racial tension that I think we all feel. Um, we, we haven't always known what to do with it. And so uh, a lot of arguments have been made, a lot of perspectives have been shared. I just feel like I think art may have a chance to get us to a place that arguments won't. And so I wrote some poems uh, to kind of just share my heart and express, not like I'm right about things, but this is how my experience has been. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the book even goes through movements, right? The book uh, moves through inviting people to lean into the discussion, to lament with people as opposed to winning arguments, to, to long for a future together, to, to listen to each other. And so it's moving in all these directions to make one point that our groaning and the tension that we feel, I think, reflects Romans 8, 19, where it's all of creation is groaning in this expectation for the kingdom of God, the children of God uh, to be visible, to make one. And so, yeah, man, that book's dropping in a month or so. And I'm super excited about that. It's called We Sang a Dirge. Um, and then in light of that, I wanted to have folks to have a place to connect afterwards. I'm also launching this uh, podcast slash webisode platform uh, called The Filter Project. Uh, we can have conversations about the poems and about arts and blackness and Christianness and all, all kinds of stuff. This is exciting. So uh, can people pre-order that book? They can. Um, I think the pre-order thing goes live next week. So I'll, I'll send you information. So by um, the time this thing drops, if people are listening to this, there'll, hey. there'll, there'll be a link on eminemplanet.com uh, for in the show notes for this episode. And we will, people can go right there and order it. And maybe, maybe 
we can have after the poem comes out and, and or after the book comes out, we can maybe have a revisit and talk just. Let's do it. Come on. There we go. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So, Lo, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Amazon Planet Podcast. We really appreciate it. This was awesome. And I'm excited for the book. I'm excited for the project. I'm excited for everything you got going on and for your family. And uh, just thank you for joining me. Dude, you're the homie. <laughs> there we go. That's low. Love that guy. Um, yeah, so we, we want to give away some of his books. So he just talked about it at the end of the episode. And if you want to be eligible again, you follow at Amadon Planet on Instagram. You can uh, like the Amadon Planet Facebook page, or uh, you can join the email list. Or you can do all three if you want. And you can join the email list at AmadonPlanet.com. Hit any of the buttons. We'll be sending out some information through either of any of those channels about how you can then become eligible it's to be real simple uh steps that you follow just to say like basically to acknowledge like hey i'd like the book okay and so we're gonna give away a couple uh, of the or a book per platform and if we get a lot of downloads of this we're gonna give away more books so if you like the episode you think other people should listen to it go ahead and share it that'd be great and so the more episodes or the more uh listens we get to it the more of Lowe's book we'll give out. And we're going to do, again, Amazon Planet birthday giveaway month is all of October. We're going to have at least three different things where we're going to give away and excited, uh, excited for this opportunity. So if you're looking for ways to support the podcast, you can do some of these things I've already said. Rate and review. Subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Subscribe to the Amazon Planet download, which is that email list containing teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. You can follow at, and you can do that on the AmazonPlanet.com. Uh, There's many buttons there to join the email list. You can follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. Those are also ways you can support Amazon Planet. And you can check out the Amazon Planet store. So some of that Be The Good swag that we're going to be giving away sometime during this month, too. You can get that. Uh, you can get some of that stuff by going to the link at the bottom of AmazonPlanet.com. You can also access the Amazon Planet bookshop. There's lots of any, basically any book that I've mentioned so far uh, that you can find in bookstores, you can access through that link. And then, and again, if you're looking for Lowe's book, go to the show notes for this page. That's AmazonPlanet.com forward slash episode 34. That's where you would find those uh, access to Lowe's book if you want to just want to pre-order it yourself. You can get that there. Anyway, all those purchases, if you do the bookshop or the Amazon Planet bookshop or Amazon Planet store, both of those support the production costs of the podcast. And we are very appreciative of any support that you can provide. And it's cool to see folks out there with the Be The Good stuff. So in conclusion, thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Thank you to Lo for sharing his expertise and his time. Love talking to that guy. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you've decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.